Hey, everybody. This episode is brought to you by our proud title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, the next generation of off-ice hockey training for players and goalies. Look, we know how much you invest in your children's hockey development, the early mornings, the travel, and let's not forget the expenses of training for hockey camps, private ice time, the general expenses of the season. It's a lot. But wouldn't it be great to bring that on-ice practice experience home that's fun, fits into your schedule, and that's affordable? If you said yes, which I'm sure you did, you've got to check out NHL Sense Arena. It's a top-tier virtual reality training game that brings the on-ice practice experience home so you can practice anytime and anywhere, literally. You can transform any part of your home into a virtual ice rink where you're getting unlimited access to over 100 drills, training plans from top coaches and players, weekly drill challenges, and more that focus on improving hockey sense and physical cognitive skills, starting at just $33 per month. That is a lot cheaper than an hour of ice time. The physical side of hockey gets a lot of attention, but we don't focus enough on the mental side of it. It's something we talk about on this show all the time. NHL Sense Arena provides an immersive solution for players to sharpen those skills when ice time is limited or not affordable and they want to get those extra reps in. So for our listeners, NHL Sense Arena is offering an exclusive $50 off their annual plan all you got to do is head over to their website, hockey.sensorina.com. Again, hockey.sensorina.com and use our code hockey never stops and you'll level up your off-ice training by using NHL Sensorina. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us and NHL Sensorina. Enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Our Kids Play Hockey. You know, I say every week you're due for a great episode, and this one's not any different. I'll, I'll tell you what, this one really hit home for me. Uh, we interviewed Dan Blackburn, a motivational speaker, author, uh, basically works with pro athletes down to youth athletes on mental fitness, mental well-being, um, and he gives some real amazing tips, tricks, tactics, thoughts. Um, the, the conversation was really good today about how we can apply this at the youth level. So you're going to walk away from this episode with some real actionable items and hopefully some perspective um, on mental fitness and really how we can change that conversation in the locker room to better your team and to make sure that you're going the right direction and really affecting the kids towards, uh, you know, the journey um, and, and how to use this as a vehicle for their growth as human beings. Um, so really, you're going to love this episode if that's something you're into. And if you're not into it, you should listen to it anyway. Uh, also want to let you know that our book, the one that Christy and I wrote, Our uh, our Kids Play Hockey, that's the name of the show, When Hockey Stops, is available for pre-sale. We are already shipping out the free gifts for before the holidays. You can check that out at whenhockeystops.com. And again, this is a book we wrote for kind of 7 to 12-year-olds. Um, it's something they can read, and, and it deals with adversity. It actually deals with a lot of the topics of this show today. So check that out, whenhockeystops.com. Right now, you can get your pre-sale book, and we're going to make sure we get you a signed copy when it's out. Not to mention the free gifts, $10 off hockeywraparound.com, uh, signed trading card, and uh, some other stuff in the envelope. So check that out. But until then, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hot. Hello, hockey friends and families around the world, and welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends, Christy Casciano-Burns and Mike Finelli, and we are excited to be joined by our special guest today, Dan Blackburn. You know, mental fitness has become a major point of discussion in sports from the youth level to the pro levels, and like most new topics of conversation, there's a lot of opinions in addition to a lot of misinformation. But however you slice it, it's clear that there's a stigma surrounding mental health. 
Dan has spent 25 years coaching and inspiring youth, business executives, world championship, world champions, and Stanley Cup winning athletes. The habits, rituals, and skills needed to build mental resilience in order to find success. Dan is also the author of When the Puck Drops, 17 Stories That Will Shock You, Rock You, and Inspire You. By the way, Dan, I'd love being able to say that out loud. He's an award-winning <laughs> TEDx speaker. Make sure you go check that out. He was a finalist for the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award and has been featured across the lexicon of sports programming. He's got a ton of wisdom, and we are looking forward to sharing some of that with you today. Dan, welcome to Our Kids Play Hockey. Amazing. Hey, thanks for having me to all your audience and to your other the other panelists, uh, thanks so much. It's my pleasure. No, the pleasure is all ours, man. This is, this is a topic all three of us are really passionate about. Um, we love that we were able to get you uh, for some time today. But let's start right away with the why. Let's give the audience the why behind this episode. Can you tell us, and this is pretty point blank, why is what you do more important than ever now? Because the stuff that you do, the work you do with athletes and, and you know, bringing them to, the, to them, their best selves, or as you said before the show, they're, they're true no star. It's insanely important. It's more important than ever. Why is what you do so more important now than ever? Yeah, great question. I mean, I, I could I could answer. I could take you know the full hour just answering that question, and I'll, I'll share real quick for the audience audience members who don't know me. Um, you know, my backstory was I grew up with an incredibly loving mom, but my dad was not in the scene. I didn't have that that support. There was like this gap that was missing in my life, and my dad struggled with addiction and and mental health. Um, and his mental illness, I mean, literally put him in his grave eventually. Um, and so I remember being that lost soul, you know, that young kid who wanted to be better, wanted to get, you know, be that player. And yet my confidence and all those things were, were, were bigger than my desire or my, my ability to, to become better. And so when I started coaching hockey, you know, 20, it's hard to believe, man, a quarter of a century ago, when I started coaching hockey, I was committed to, to being that man being that leader that I didn't have. And, and I know that, you know, through my pain, um, I was able, I'm now able to give gifts to, to athletes, to families as a, as a family advisor and player advisor. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a gift that I now have because I know what it's like to be on the downside. And so, you know, to answer your question, I mean, now I think we've always as players, as athletes, as families, we've always been in this place of, you know, the, the worry and the stress and the mental illness and the, all of the things that go on. It's just now we've started to label them. Thankfully, you look what Carrie Price is going through and other, other countless high level athletes around the world. Um, and so now the topic is on the table. And I think one of the scary things about doing that is, is if that topic gets in the wrong hands um, or, you know, if, if the wrong ingredients are put into that recipe, um, it can be a recipe for disaster. And so I'm, you know, now more than ever, I'm the guy at the table pounding my fist um, and holding a space for, for young athletes and older athletes to share what's going on for them and to really support and counsel and guide and lead them um, to A, there's nothing wrong when we struggle mentally um, and emotionally. And there are tools, there are resources that players and families can use so that this part, even the dark times, can be such a rewarding part of the journey and it still becomes a part of the fabric, the framework and the pavement that gets little Johnny and little Susie from where they are to where they want to be both as athletes and as people. Can I, can I just, just jump in here? I, so Dan, so I, I, got the, I got the pleasure of hearing Dan actually for the first time through uh, Timmy Turk, who they're mutual friends and, and 
and Dan did a little, you know, mental toughness, uh, resiliency training seminar uh, that I had my kids, my whole hockey team attend. And, you know, one of the things, Dan, it was funny. And you, and you say about, you know, that the, you know, that this is opened up now, right. That this, that this, the, the ability for us to see uh, any athlete, uh, you know, open up about their mental health. And so I struggle as a coach and as a parent, and maybe you could give us some advice here from, from your perspective of that, of that mom and dad, right. That are, that are like, Oh, this is just, this is, these kids are just, we're softening up. You know, we're, you know, back in my day, you had to fight through those and, you know, come on, if you want to compete, you've got to, you've got, that's mental toughness. Mental toughness is, is fighting through that adversary and not crying about it and not, you know, not talking about it. And, you know, cause it worked for me. I hear it all, I hear it every day, like work for me, you know, and, and I'm like, well, okay, well we've evolved. And, um, and, you know, so maybe you could speak a little bit of that, you know, to our audience and, and to those really the parents, right. Because it, it becomes a fight for me as a coach, if I'm advocating for uh, being able to speak and, you know, be open to that. I, at the youth level, you know, I need that support. I need that athlete's support structure to also believe that. You know, right. So what are some and, of the things we can do to help with that? That's a delicate balance because you, They're you, the don't, want baby, you don't want to baby the kid, right. but you also want to be able to recognize when those challenging moments need some extra attention. And you don't want to say to them, I'll oh, just tough it up. I mean, sometimes you do say that because, you know, it's silly stuff. Well, but physically- Sorry, sorry, Christy, but you're right. Physically, it's it's physically it's. Oh, are you injured or you were hurt? Right? right? Are you injured or you were hurt? You, I blocked the yeah. shot. Are you injured or yeah. is it just hurt a little exactly. bit? Like me, I'm a little old school. I'm like, come on, tough it up. Yeah. You know, get out there. Are you are you, are you is something broken or right. you just got a little boo boo? Yeah, because you, so, you do you do see kids, some kids who yeah. take advantage of it. You know, they're laying on the ice. They're not hurt at all, but they do it just for the attention. But then I suppose you need to, and we're going to have Dan jump in here, yeah. find out, well, what's the reason for that, right? You know? Yeah. There's going to be a I've, reason why they need all that attention. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a, that's another piece in the equation. I, I say to parents at the time, listen, uh, and I'm with you, Mike, I think that, you know, there's this conversation about, you know, are we, are we taking this too far? Are our kids too soft? You know, it's so easy for them. Yeah, I said to a parent a few years ago, you know, back in 1903, you took horseback or you walked most of the time, or if you had a bike and, and there weren't a lot of vehicles around now we've got more cars and, you know, is it, is it EV or is it, is it, uh, you know, is it fossil fuels? Like, I mean, so we have evolved as a species. Does that mean I'm softer because I don't have to walk the 17 miles to school in, in a, in a pair of wood shoes? Like, I don't know. But what, what I say to parents all the time is what I'm, what I'm asking you to do, what I'm advocating for is to have non-judgmental open conversation. That's all it is. It's, it's literally saying, you know, Johnny or Jackie, how do you feel? And then you shut your mouth right. and you let them talk. You don't try and fill in their sentences. You don't try and fill in their gaps when there's that moment of silence where they don't know what they're feeling. They just know there's something stirring inside. You support them to find their own words to share and communicate. And there are times where we were talking before we came on air with, you know, my youngest daughter being 19. There are times when I listen to her and I say, honey, you know what? You're on your own on that one. Like, it's up to you to figure out. I'm here to support you. I know that this is a teachable moment. She's not going to 
peril. She's not going to fall off the edge of a cliff and she's going through some, some, you know, some emotional difficulty, some stick handling, but I know there's growth in that. And that's where the resiliency comes from. But I say to parents, like, don't overthink this. We're not looking for the magic pill or the anecdote that you're going to say that one thing or do that one thing. And you're going to create this smooth pathway for your kids for the rest of your lives. What we're doing is we're opening conversation and we're removing the judgment, you know, the shame, the guilt that, that comes along with feelings, emotions as men, fear and sadness. We have all of these stories that we're not supposed to, they're not accepted. There's all the whole laundry list. And it's like the most toxic thing we can do to ourselves. So let's just have a conversation where we get to have, again, Jackie or Johnny, they get to share. How are they feeling? And then you have a conversation with them. You empathize. You let them know that they're normal. It's natural to be afraid or to be worried or to have all of these undescribable feelings you have inside of you. Empathize. Share when it's happening to you and for you. And let them know that this conversation is how they're going to grow and how they're going to get a hold of it. And that you're not there to give them that one sermon, you know, the Rocky, uh, the, the Rocky sermon that's going to change their world and going to change everything from the, in that moment. Right. We have Rocky for that. You can just let them see the movie. Yeah, but, yeah. Right. You, you know, <laughs> Dan, I love that you're bringing this up because it, it affirms a few things. I, I had a peewee coach come to me a few weeks ago and said that, like, you know, they, they have a hard time bouncing back when they get a goal scored against them. What do I do? And I said exactly what you said. I said, ask them why they're afraid when they get scored on and listen. And it might surprise you. They might work themselves out of the problem because so often, and, and I always say this, you know, the, the, the things that I think teams need that they don't always have, you have to develop trust, number one. We don't spend enough time doing that as teams. But number two is communication. Like 10 out of 10 problems are caused out of bad or poor or no communication. And, and this goes all the way up from marriage to sports teams to business and everything. Because a, a lot of the lessons we're talking about today don't just apply to youth hockey. Um, and, and Mike, by the way, you brought this up, by the way. I love that you asked if you could butt in on your own show, Mike. I, I always find that amazing to me. Can, can I just say something? You can always say excuse, something. Excuse, excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You, think, you think you're Canadian, Mike? Right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, know. Right. I, I wish I wish I was nicer. Sorry, I have something to say. No, but but Mike, you know, and, and Dan, you brought this up, Christy, too. Is that sometimes in life, you know, we grow up a certain way, and you go, "I turned out all right," and the truth is this: you don't realize you're not all right. And that's actually okay too, right? We, we, you want to talk about the stigma surrounding mental fitness. I, I, can, I can prove it right now. And I'll, I'll put this out to the audience, right? Uh, Dan, you brought it up. You brought up um, Carey Price, right? He went into a, a substance abuse program with the NHL. Got a lot of, man, that's great that he's doing that, right? He's taking care of himself. That's the right thing to do, right? Let's flip that. People listening to the show, how did you react to Simone Biles doing the exact same thing? Because she got a lot of pushback, right? So I know a lot of people that did looked at Simone Biles, said she's a quitter. She shouldn't be doing this. She's taken opportunities away. That's horrible that she's doing that now. And flipped right over to Carrie Price saying, oh, that, that's so wonderful that he's willing to take care of himself. It's the same situation with slightly different parameters. So that's how you know yeah. the stigma exists. Go ahead, Dan. I, I, absolutely. And, and, I'll, and I'll bring it back into the hockey context. In the same team, Jonathan Drouin last year, in the playoffs and because because someone's reaction could be well you know Simone Biles did that literally in the throes of the competition you know and I, and I and I said as if as if we have 
a, 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 an ability to say, well, you know, no, I'm, I'm going to let my mental health, I'm going to hold it back. I'm only going to take care of it when it's the right like time, which right. I don't even know what that is. Um, right. And so she was in the throes of competition. She should have known weeks before and all this, yet, which we know isn't possible. And that is part of the stigma is that we, we have to do it the right way at the right time. Um, and Jonathan Duran with Montreal Canadiens last year in the playoffs, again, he's not Carey Price. You know, he's not the, the goaltending savior of, of the NHL or hockey on mass in Canada. Um, Jonathan Duran is, you know, probably a third line guy that's had a bit of a, you know, bouncing around career. Um, and he was criticized heavily right. when he went in, when he went into the same protocol, when he stepped away from the team last year in the playoffs, because he was going through an, an incredibly difficult time. He took a Rask last year in the playoffs, same right. thing. He stepped away and there was criticism and backlash to it. And, you know, and I, I put a piece on my Instagram specifically around Carey Price. And I, 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 you know, it's so courageous for us to be authentic Right. Like I said before, guilt and shame and self-judgment are the most toxic emotions we have. And they are taught to us. Right? They're taught to us when the peewee coach that you talked about, Lee, when he says something to the effect of, um, you know, a player struggling with something, having a hard time. And that coach says, um, well, what you're going through isn't that bad because the guy down the <laughs> road has it worse than you. You should be happy. At least you have two pairs of skates in your bag and you got a room to sleep in and you got a mom and dad who love you as if that's supposed to be an anecdote right. for the pain and the weight that this young kid is carrying, which he has no clue how to deal with. I mean, you want to talk about stifling that down. It's like that, that kid for him, it is the greatest pain in the world and right. it is as big or bigger than the homeless guy and whatever the diatribe you want to attach to someone who theoretically has it worse than that player. Right. And so I think all of these athletes, I mean, whether it's Simone, whether it's Price, you know, uh, Rask or Drew, I mean, it's incredibly courageous to step out of the, the spotlight and say, you know what, I need a timeout because I don't even know why. I don't even know what I need, but I just know this thing right here is so consuming. I literally can't function as a human. I need to go take care of myself. Right. And, and, and I want to add just on this conversation, Dan, that, you know, I, I was jarring in the way I said it, but Look, this isn't me or anybody here passing judgment on anybody. It, it, I'm trying to inspire people to be curious. We always say it's that Ted Lasso quote, like the Whitman quote, be curious, not judgmental, right? So audience, if, if you fit into that realm, and, and, and again, if you think what Dan, Mike, Christy, and myself is, is, is saying is if it's controversial to you, or you're saying, no, no, Mike was right in the beginning. You got to be tough. All I'm asking is for you to be a little curious about why you think that way. Or be curious about why uh, what we're talking about might might be a little tough for you. And most of the times it's based in family patterns. Dan, another great point you brought up, the 12-year-old, right? And I've had, I've had coaches in college. You know, let me tell you how hard it is out there in the real world. Coaches, don't right. do that. Right. Don't do that. The, the, the 12-year-old has a right to their 12-year-old problems. They have av every single right to have their 12-year-old problems. And I remember being 12. There's a lot of quote-unquote problems that you deal with at that age. You, you, everything changes at that age. <laughs> the whole world is changing at that age. Uh, same thing in college, right? I'm trying to enjoy college. I don't want to hear about when I'm 50, how life's going to suck. Like, so that's part of this process too. If that's what you go to first, and, and Dan, you alluded to this, that was taught to you by somebody else. And you are not the voices, quote unquote, in your head. You are not your family patterns. You know, you're conscious, but you don't have to follow what you were taught, even if you think it worked for you. Anyway, 
I've been talking a lot and lecturing a lot, Dan. This is uh, all right, and I'm I'm going to be curious now. <laughs> I'm curious. be curious now, okay? Yeah. Be curious, not judgmental, Dan. Uh, you've dealt with this with you know kids of all ages, obviously. Let's let's talk about the the little ones, the young kids. You know, the eight, nine, ten year because they're starting to deal with adversity and struggles and. Gosh, they've been through COVID, 18 months of just, you know, hell, really. Um, so you start to notice in your kid, you know, something's off, something's not quite right. How do you handle that? What are the do's and the don'ts? Yeah, great question. I think that number one I said at the start is you have conversation. And there was a study came out of Oxford University and said the number one requirement that humans need in order to have authentic honest connection is to be seen and so when you see I and mean, it's a great great point you bring up when you see or, or you know that your son your daughter just isn't quite themselves then hold that space for them D don't don't rush to the next event or you know it's 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 christmas and the joneses are coming over we just got to do what we got to do like take the time and when we feel safe, and I say this to parents all the time, you know, you're, we were all once kids, that little kid still lives inside of me. When I, when I have my insecurities now, or when I have my own self judgment, it's, it's the little kid in me. It's the stories that were burned into me at a, you know, at a psychological level back when I was seven and 12 and 15 that then resurface and want to like come and take the wheel of my life. And so I say to parents, what, what, what do you like when you're going through a difficult time right now that you don't want to talk about or you feel awkward about talking about? Just, just resonate with your kids through that lens and just recognize that's what they're going through. And we have the amazing opportunity to teach our kids something different. And all we need to do is just hold the space to let them be themselves. They may not be ready to talk right now. That's okay fact that they're in the room and they're being a little different it means they are processing information if you have a, an electrical tool if you have a piece of equipment they all you know each manufacturer will tell you theirs is is better for some reason but at the end of the day it's just a drill or it's a it's a tool that's going to create some outcome and you as a human you process things a certain way your son or your daughter processes how they do so give them the space to share and just be as they are and when they feel safe and I say this to parents all the time, when your kids feel safe, that they won't be judged, they won't be told what they're supposed to do, they won't be told that they're wrong, they will start to share and they will start to tell you what's going on for them. And those are those magical moments where we're literally helping our kids over a threshold that will, that will literally change the trajectory of their lives, not only their, their hockey careers. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's really interesting, too, I think, and I, I've really, you know, being on this show has actually opened my eyes to so many other people and the way, you know, professionals now understand mental fitness and child physiology and all this kind of neat, neat stuff, right, that we're like, I, I don't remember, like, I can't remember being ever at a playground, and my father being there, you know, telling me what and what not to do like oh don't hang on that you're gonna get hurt like me i'm like it's like like when you when you're doing it you're there because where you're I, I just think this generation like like my generation with kids is almost you know and i don't consider myself a helicopter parent by any means but i'm also have access to so much more information i'm so much more involved with my kids activities than my parents were 
And, you know, it was like, you know, you just drop, you just walk to the park by yourself and nobody ever knew what you were doing. And even in sports, I mean, I, I just never, ever remember like my father talking about a hockey game with me ever as a youth hockey player. So it's just like, so when you say, you know, you want to give your kids space, are we also though trying to, I mean, are we, do, are we, is it detrimental that we feel we have all this knowledge and we could give that to them other than letting them find it themselves? And then where is that line, right? Where's the line where you let them fall and break their arm? Mm-hmm. There, Cause there's a, there's, there's fear for, for, for any parent in that situation, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a great point. I, I think that it's amazing that we have the resources that we have, but it's, it's, it's you know, like, you know, Mike, if you go to a restaurant, you know, you don't want everything on the menu. And if I tell you what you are going to have on the menu, um, yeah, you might get lucky and get the thing you want, but you might also have some emotional uh, uh, dissension and some resentment to the fact of like, yeah, but like, how come I couldn't order my own thing? And so when we're talking to our kids as parents, as coaches, is find out what their experience was. Like, what are they looking for? Are they looking just to share that they're angry, frustrated at themselves, their teammate, the ref, their coach, uh, a podcast they want? Like, like, what's going on for them? Or are they actually looking for advice? You know, and, I, and I've learned this, you know, in, in, in relationship with my current um, my current fiance is like, there's times when my job is just to listen. And there's other times where it's where I'm there to lead and to come up with solutions to help solve the situation. I think as parents, we want to get in there so fast coaches too. We want to get in there so fast to problem solve, to, to fill in the gaps, to see the things that little Johnny doesn't see and help little Susie get to where they need to be. And yet they're not ready for the answer they're still they're still in the in the difficulty in the motion of it let's let's meet them where they are and give them lend them a hand to help them up versus standing underneath them and pushing them up it's a great point so so it's so funny if i could just jump in because only because uh because lee has a pot has a, does another another podcast with this with this guy jb spizo who like, I'm like a disciple of JB. Like I, you know, it, basically if he says, Hey, this is something you should try with your team. I say, yeah, I'm doing that no matter what. <laughs> let me, let me figure out how to do it. Right. So, and it's the same thing with you, Dan. I mean, just, you know, having the, the, the guidance that you've given these kids and little, all those little tidbits of information that we can grab. It's so much easier now, right. I don't have to do the research. We can just steal it from you. And I think, you know, that was the whole point with uh, JB was like this whole, we did this exercise where the kids had to, you know, carry this 90 pound rock up a mountain as a team and figure it out. And it was so interesting to me. The second time I did this, I brought dads with me and it was amazing (laughs) how much help they wanted to give. Don't do it this way. Do it this way. Find this route. And me, I'm like, and I ready, you know, I'm like, I'm meeting you guys up the mountain, you know, well, what, what if they get hurt? Well, you know, hopefully it's a, it's, it's, you know, like to your point, they're not going to fall off the cliff, right? Maybe, you know, okay. Hey, listen, yes. Can they, can they break their pinky? I guess if they're not careful and you give them a little direction, Hey, maybe find the right rock that you can hold. This is just, I'm giving a little secret about where right. you want to be. But at the end of the day, you need to find your way up the mountain and you need to find a way to work with your teammates and literally seeing dads behind them to your using, you know, if you're, if you're watching this, it's, 
it, you, pushing them, <laughs> pushing them up the mountain right. with the rock. Yep. And it was, it was to me, it was it's so symbolic. Not, I, and I see it so often. And Mike, it's not just helicopter parents who went, they call them snowplow parents. Because right. now they like to pave the way that's and make great. it nice and smooth for I've the never kids. Heard that. That's great, Christy. That's a great right. saying. Right exactly there. what they are. Maybe it's because I'm, you know, in snow country here. <laughs> right, but don't you feel? Don't you feel when you see that? Don't you feel like, like that you really are helping? I mean, right. you think you're helping. Wait, can I can I jump and, in? And you, can I jump and, in on our podcast? Yeah, can I jump in real quick? Is it okay if I yeah, jump in? Go ahead. Right, you, so you, can speak. you can speak. <laughs> you can know, speak. One thing I want to say too, it, it, listen, in my experience, and, and for those of you listening to the show, you know, and Dan, you, you don't know this, but uh, I, I'm um, uh, helping out my son's 8U team and we do team building, right? We do team building every every week, which people were telling me they can't do that with eight-year-olds. Totally wrong, right? They're actually better at that than most adults. But one of the keys that people miss, so Mike, to your point, Chris, to your point, if you're a snowplow parent, a helicopter parent, let's, let's make sure we understand. You love your kid. That's why you're doing it, right? So the intent is always the right thing. I don't I always feel like it's a four letter word when we say that. The truth is you love your child. That's why you're doing that. So like, we know that. But what we don't do enough, and Dan, I want your thoughts on this too, is explain the why behind a drill or behind an exercise, right? So you're carrying a rock up the mountain. Do the kids just think, oh, we're carrying a rock up the mountain? No, there's a lot more to it than that. When I do team building with, with youth teams, I always give them the why and the goal. We're doing this to develop teamwork so you can learn to work together. The goal is to do this. And that's all I give them. I don't give them the tricks to accomplish the drill, right? I do atomic pushups, again, for the audience. Everybody's got to do pushups at the same time. I do not tell them the solution. There are easy solutions so everybody can do that. I never give them that. I tell them the destination, the why we're doing it, and I let them figure it out. We don't do that enough. In society, much less hockey, right? And Dan, again, I'd love your thoughts on that too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that, you, that I, you're so you're right on point. Yeah, right for up, sure, we don't for, do that enough. Yeah, for sure. And Lee, you know, you're you're referring to the how to, right? And that's that's the that's the pushing up, you know, to the to the viewers that are watching, you know, pushing your kids up to the to the next, you know, the next rung on their ladder because you wouldn't want them to slip down. Right. Um, we're giving them the how to, and the magic, the how to is where all the growth is, right? Because, because carrying the rock, uh, literally and figuratively, can be done a whole host of different ways, not only team by team, but individual to individual. And so the amazingness is that every single one of those ideas, those how-tos is the right how-to for that player, for that person. And, and when we you know chop our kids off at the knees and we don't allow them those abilities to, to figure that out, um, yeah, we, we, like we rob them of that experience. And on the, on the backside of that, Lee, you know, we also ask our athletes, tell me what the experience was like. Right. Like, I want to know what it was like when, when, you know, little Dan, when he was seven years old, where he stood on the sidelines and didn't participate because he didn't think that he was strong enough, good enough, smart enough. And so what was that like, Dan? And now Dan gets to voice what that was like. And now we get to have a conversation about that because right. it, that, that had nothing to do with how we got the rock to the top, but it's, it's how I experience the journey of getting the rock to the top. And if all we do is celebrate, we got the rock is amazing. And here I am as a seven-year-old who's on the sidelines feeling less than, I, I lose the opportunity because my how-to was to not get involved because I thought that I was going to mess things up. And I'm, 
tearing a page out of my real life book. This is right. what it was like for me growing up. And so we get to have those experiences and we get to have a conversation about them. That's, that's the ultimate gift where we give the players the, they get the, they get to get the top of the mountain with the rock, but they also get to look at what their experience was like throughout that journey. And Dan, I'll tell you too, I am all, and this is for the coaches and the parents listening. Uh, I am continually amazed at how those conversations that you're talking about change the entire situation. It's, it's almost shocking. And this is just the, the upbringing of all of us, right? How a 20 minute conversation, letting them talk about it, how that can completely change a mindset, completely change an attitude and put them on a different track because we don't know how to communicate. Well, especially right now, this is not limited to children, right? It, it, it's, right. it's just one of those things of like, we don't do some of the basic things, the why, the how, it, not the how to, but the, the, how did you get to this point? And you know what else that stifles guys right. are, taking this back to a hockey level stifles creativity, right? How do you think we got to, to inventing the wheel as a species? Again, make sure you listen to Dan's TEDx talk because <laughs> he has this great analogy about balancing the wheel, right? But my point is, how do you think we got to that by failing over and over and over again? And, and the people of that time communicating, well, if we did this, if we did that, right? Every great invention in history came from creativity and communication and doing it wrong. And I think, Mike, right. to the point you made earlier, that's the real threat of the way things are being done today. We're not letting kids be creative. We're not letting each other be creative. Creativity spawns evolution, right? Everything you see in front of you came from someone being creative. But, you know, last thing real quick, and then I'll be quiet again. You know, my son was writing a story. I don't know why he loves to write so much <laughs> sarcasm. Obviously, I write a lot. But he was writing a story, and it was a crazy story. It was crazy. You know what? I let him do it. Get as crazy as you want. Obviously, there are some basic rules of writing you have to follow. But my point is, whatever you want to write about, write about. Write about. I don't want to stifle that. I don't, want, I don't want to tell you that that's not possible in real life, right? Whatever you want. Same thing on the ice. It's not do whatever you want. Be creative. These are the parameters. These are the rules. Be creative in that space. Evolve the game. How do you think Connor McDavid came to be Connor McDavid? He was allowed to do things and practice. That's how the Michigan goal was born. You can look at these things. Anyway, once again, I'm on a soapbox. I apologize. Dan, this is your time. I think, I think that... <laughs> Yeah, but Dan, but Dan, you, you know, maybe you can even as so let's go bring it back to a hockey perspective, right? And I look at this as a coach, and you you talk about that seven year old that really wasn't a part of the championship, right? Wasn't a part of the win. They're just like, I'm, I'm like, you guys are all cheering over here, but I don't feel like I was a part of this. And I think that's where, like, that's where I think you know, here with USA Hockey and, and some of the stuff we do with small area games and manipulating the environment and and building you know micro drills and doing all these different things where we as a coach can manipulate the winner and activity and participation. And, and that's the reason I love doing off ice activities with the kids, right? Especially like what Lee's saying with his, with his team building, because you can, you can find that kid that doesn't get to be a part of the win and, and manipulate it so he can find a win. Like that's the great part about coaching is that you could find that, that, that you could build it so you could help a kid find the how to without really telling them how to do it, right? Because right? you could put and manipulate the environment you're in. And we see that with small area games with the kids when we're playing. You know, if you play three-on-three -three cross ice, the best three kids are always going to be the best three kids. They're always going right. to be – the other kids are never going to catch up because they the other kids just dominate. I don't care if it's three-on-three, five-on-five, one-on-one. So, we, like me, I love putting those parameters in to say, okay, this has to happen before this can happen and include – so everyone gets included in it. 
and each individual player can find, you know, how, what their how to get there is. So I think it's a really, you know, poignant point <laughs> to, to, to understand that you have to find and give all these young kids the opportunity to find their how. Absolutely. Yeah. And Inclusion. I would hope at age seven that they would all be a part of that win. But they're not. Hope. They're not. There's kids. There's some kids yes. like mentally that will say, I just want to. I, 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 all I did on the team this year was raise my hand. Comes out well, of, how crazy. do you define winning? If they're good enough to be on the team. They're good enough to play at age seven. Come on. Yeah. Coach, and, and so, what's wrong with you people? Right. And so inclusion. <laughs> Let like, them play. Inclusion and acceptance are, are two powerful, powerful tools that a lot of coaches either don't use or misuse. And, and so I'll share this story real quick. I shared this story with, with Mike and his teammates. When I coached Jeff Skinner, um, Jeff Skinner was a very uh, emotional player. And at a young age, that emotion manifested itself into tears. And so there was this, this you know, criticism that Jeff was, you know, like high maintenance, you know, the guy would cry easily. And, and I'm, I'm a crier, you know, put any, you know, put the notebook on, I'm a crier. And so I, I saw him for who he was. I knew what he could bring to the table. And so he came, came to our team, our first game of the year. Um, we tie the game, but Jeff had a chance to score the game winning goal with under a minute on, on the clock. He doesn't score. The puck goes wide. Uh, you know, we're happy because, you know, ties better than a loss. And so we go back into the room and Jeff, is devastated, devastated. He's sitting in the corner and he is inconsolable. And I want all the, all the fans and the listeners to think about a time when either you or your kid has been inconsolable for whatever the, whatever the reason was, just consumed with emotion. And I walk in the room and every player is sitting there motionless. And I knew this was the moment, but my next decision my choice on how I was going to handle this was going to set the tone for the entire team for the entire season and Jeff in between sobs I, I said to the team the amount of emotion the amount that Jeff cares about this part of his game it's up to us me included to find the thing that we care as much about as Jeff does because when we can all be this transparent, we can be this authentic with how committed and connected we are to that thing we care about, we will be better people and we will be a better team. And it's one of the first times that Jeff was accepted for being this emotional creature and, you know, welcome to the world. We all are. And it set the tone for the entire team to say, listen, all of you is welcome here. Let's work together to find what is that thing. Maybe, you know, to Christy, to your point, maybe the first year player, maybe your contribution is going to be making the best playlist on the team that is going to inspire and motivate and excite the rest of the team. Maybe you're the guy, the girl in the room that adds levity. That, that, that literally cuts the tension in half and, and paints the, the room with a, with a section of reality of like, guys, I know it's important, but you know, it's, it's not that important. I mean, whatever it is that you bring, there's gifts that we have. It's up to us as parents and coaches to see those gifts and then to cultivate them and celebrate those gifts in our athletes as much as we celebrate the trophies that they carry. I love it. I love it, Dan. You know, yeah, that's so true. Speaking of 
like, you know, we talk about, you, you, we do all have these moments in our lives where someone says something to you that you listen to. And, you know, another co-host of mine on the show always says, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. And I, I'm a big believer in that. And I remember one time um, I was coming home, I think it was a Bantam. And I didn't make the team I wanted to make. Right. And I, I, it was a situation. I think I was the only player left off that team. Like that was a team I was on the year before. And I was crying in the car. Um, and my father turned to me. And I remember, I'll never forget this. And I remember because I said something like I shouldn't be crying, like, you know, typical, whatever your talk type thing. And my dad says, listen to me, Lee. He goes, he goes, uh, uh, boys don't cry. Men do. I, I never forgot that because, because mm. what he, he was saying, what you're saying, right. He, he goes, you're feeling something. Right. And he recognized Dan, what you said that I, I obviously cared, right. I cared enough to get that emotional over it. Uh, and in that moment, that was probably the right thing for me to hear. Another, another thing that I do, and, and Dan, this speaks to it. You know, one of the, one of the mistakes, if we want to talk about some, some action items for coaches and parents, when a player is inconsolable, by the way, Jeff Skinner is an amazing player. Just for those, you know, if you don't know who that is, look him up, please. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, we, we see the person in that emotional state and then start telling them things like, don't do this. That person is, as you said, inconsolable. They're not in a position mentally to be taking that kind of direction, right? You know what I do? And this is, this is uh, something I've done with my kids. All right. Uh, again, not to be all know all or have anything, but this is what I do when my son's freaking out in any emotion, anger, sadness, even excitement. I say, what are you feeling right now? Tell me the emotion you're feeling. Because I'm trying to get him to identify his emotions. And I'm going to tell you this, 10 out of 10 times, let's just say he's really upset and angry. He goes, I'm angry and sad. He'll still shout it at me. And he calms down almost immediately once he's identified what he's feeling, right? Because he's, he's losing it in his mind. And everybody listening on the show, we've all been in a point where mentally we are gone. <laughs> we are drowning in whatever we're feeling. Again, it can be excitement too. It, it doesn't have to always be a negative emotion, right? You're not capable of rational thought. But as soon as you identify what you are feeling, it's amazing how much that can change where you're at, right? And, and I think you did that for Jeff. It's like you identified, he cares. He probably heard, I do care. That's why I'm doing this, right? And, and as you said too, the acceptance of his team. Another thing we don't do enough, define winning. What does winning mean? You walk into a locker room, what do you want to do? We want to win, coach. Everybody wants to win. Every, that's just, nobody's playing the game to lose ever right? Unless it's like the last game of an NFL season and you drop it to get a better draft pick. No one's playing to lose the game. All right. So what does winning mean? It, it, you know, what do other teams think about us when we leave? What do my teammates think about me when we leave? Conversations, Dan, again, that are not happening. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I think there's, you know, I, I do a whole piece on, I call it the success and fail audit, you know, and, and show players, families, teams, the value, like the absolute power that reside in both success and failure. And the funny thing is we don't, we don't dig in and unpack success. We, we, we just, we just ride the wave of it. You know, we <laughs> hold the trophy, we take the picture, we lock it away in a memory bank and then let's go. Let's get back to work. You know, you won the tournament Sunday, you're back on the ice Monday. You haven't even had a chance or taken the chance to dig into it. And then of course we do the same with failure, failure, God forbid we take a picture of it, but we, we don't want to talk about it. We literally skirt that one and bury that under the carpet as quickly as we do success. And so really having players and families and teams unpack both success and failure, because at the end of the day, they're just results. And when, and I love what you said, Lee, about, you know, talking to your son and, and giving, like when we give a voice to, to what someone is feeling, 
we open up this gateway of normalcy, right? It's like, it's like, dude, you're normal. Like two arms, two legs, right. you're normal. Like if I grew up and I didn't know that was, was too, like, I don't know how am I supposed to do what I'm supposed to do, but to be told like, dude, how you're feeling is beautiful. Just stay with it. I'm right here with you. It's an incredible gift. And, and we get to do that when we look at success and failure. Um, and, and Lee, you know, I, you and I are, are just meeting and your, your, um, your fans uh, and listeners you know, may only be meeting me for the first time, but, but there's not many rooms that I go into where there's somebody who's more competitive than I am. And, and I say that because, right. because I'm all in. When I show up to do my thing, I am all in and I want the trophy. I want the lessons. I want it all. So, so losing, it feels awful at times. And in those awful times, there are incredible gifts of who I am, what I did, how I showed up, and ultimately how I can do things differently. Um, and, and we need to start being more real with ourselves that all of that, that, that energy and all of those pieces that we get through success and fail, those are the gateways to getting to our respective next level. Uh, it's not what we have living in the trophy case. Yeah, and I think parents are so afraid to see the failure and accept the failure. I mean, you even see it now on the college level with the transfer portals. Let's say this, you know, the, the season isn't going great for your team, right? And you're losing all the time. You're not getting the playing time. Okay, I'm going to jump in the portal. I'm going to abandon this team. Right. I don't want any part of this. I want to leave right away. And you see it with the, with the travel teams too. Kids aren't having a great season. I'm going to jump to another travel team. And rather than saying, well, what can I bring to this team to make it better? Let's, let's deal with the fact that why are we losing? What can we, how can we learn from these failures and elevate ourselves and each other? It's so easy to just bounce these days, don't you think? Absolutely. Especially, especially when the kids are young. You know, I've never met a player that went from a U9 or U10 program right to college or to junior <laughs> hockey, right? There's, there, there's a lot of road right. to get to where they have Only to get in to. Disney. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, exactly. So <laughs> jumping, as you described, into the portal or jumping from one travel team to another, I mean, all you're doing is, is I call it the frog and the lily pad syndrome. All you're doing is jumping from one lily pad to another. Eventually, every lily pad will have the buoyancy you need to stand on it. It's just maybe the way you're landing on that lily pad is the reason why you keep falling into the water. And so how about stopping and looking at, look, what am I bringing to this situation? And yes, it sucks that I'm losing again and again and again, but what am I bringing to this situation? Because I'm bringing something that is contributing to that outcome. It might be a microscopic piece that even if I change, it may not change the outcome, but I still get to look at what's my piece. That's the gift. Like that's where my right. growth is. It's not being on a better team statistically that is in a tournament and wins it or whatever, whatever it is that I'm looking for. It's literally finding out why the heck can I not stay on this lily pad and why do I keep falling in the water and have fun and play with that that's how I get to be a better athlete and a better person. And, Amen, brother. That's and, resilience, right? <laughs> did, did yeah. I want to talk about too, the after effects of if you approach this, uh, I don't want to say the wrong way, but, but the way we're talking about, because 
you know, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I get to work with a lot of uh, young 20 year olds, you know, 20 to 27. Right. And, it, and the reason is, is that I'm in that kind of middle parent age where I'm not their parents age and I'm kind of just 10, 15 years ahead of them. So they, they, yeah. you know, they can relate to that. You know what I hear a lot? And, 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 and again, parents and coaches, please listen. I hear this a lot. We were lied to. We were told we could do whatever we wanted to do and we could win and we could do whatever we wanted. We were promised all this stuff. And you know what? It's BS. And you know what? That's not how I was raised. I was raised of the, no one's going to help you out. You need to figure it out, right? This is what's going to happen is if you're always trying to get your kid in a position to be a winner or that this isn't working out, let's find another place. You're not preparing them for life after high school and hockey. And they're going to enter the world thinking that they were supposed to be given everything because that's what happened for them. All right. I, I can tell you this right now in my, in one of my books, my dedication, I dedicated it to all the coaches I've ever had. And I specifically pointed out, especially the ones that did a bad job because you taught me to be a better coach. You know, uh, one of my, one of the speakers I like is Tony Robbins. And he always says, you got to blame elegantly. I don't look at all the bad coaches in my life. Mike, you're not a bad coach at all, but you'll relate to this with what parents have said to you before. I don't look at all the bad coaches or the bad advice or the bad friends and say, man, they really screwed me. I go, wow, I'm so thankful that I learned this lesson from this failure. It doesn't feel good when I think back to it, but I'm so thankful that I lost that job. I'm so thankful this person coached me incorrectly because it taught me how to do it right. If we're not letting our kids fail, we're really not setting them up for real life. Nick Saban, some of you may have heard of him. <laughs> he is the winningest college coach in history in football, just in case, right? He said he doesn't want players that skip teams because they don't have the resiliency to stick with it when it's hard, okay? And, and it, listen, every parent, including myself, I know you're going to think something in your head of, well, well, that's true, but this situation was different because this happened. And, and look, every situation is different. What are you teaching your kid? You have to teach resilience. And Mike, Christy, Dan, you all brought this up. Is your kid coming to that locker room thinking, am I going to do what's best for the team, not just myself? And again, a lot has to go into that. There's a lot of parents, a lot of coaches, other kids on the team. Dan, so, go ahead. I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah. Mike wants to speak on yeah, his Mike, show. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I just, I just want to say, I just, I think my question, so my question then I, I think relates to this because to Lee's point is, so Dan, in my, you know, just watching you and, and listen to you and your presentations and the way you speak to athletes, a lot of it centers around the individual, right? I mean, you know, I know I, when you work with teams, you work with teams, but a lot of, a lot of the expertise, I think that you bring to the table is working with that individual player. So what, what kind of advice would you give all of us that are seeking that for the individual player, but that player is in a, is in a toxic right environment question, as a team right because you can't you, you're working with the individual but you can't say well your, your team's the problem right so how do you like i see that with personal trainers and and, and, and uh, like private lesson coaches all the time right they're working on skills with a player that have no relation to the team and when that private coach doesn't work with the coach of the team then they're they're counterproductive of what they're teaching and i think to, to i think it's the same thing with mental fitness Right. You can't ask your player to be, you know, you know, what are the strategies those individuals can do within a toxic environment of team? And what can they do to help, um, you know, motivate their teammates to be 
to, to buy in, I guess, for lack of a better term. So, so you mean like how, so a player that's maybe struggling and that's maybe bringing some toxicity to the team, like how, well, how you're working, you're working with the player. You're working on right. a positive player. You're working on somebody that has positive mindset. You're working with somebody that is, is you're like, wow, this kid is making strides every day, but his teammates aren't. And his teammates are, are like, it's like the, it's like the, the negative guy, people at work, right? They're just beating you down and you're trying to be, yeah, be positive toxic environment. And there has to, yeah. And you yeah. just have to find a way to, 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 cause I think social media is killing these kids. I think, I think when they see success, they see it on the first time they see the Pavel Barbers and the, and they see it the first time they see one take the best take the greatest take. They don't see the 7,000 yeah. takes Human highlight that it took to get that take. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think, that's what we're dealing with with our kids. Yeah, the most I, I, I say to players all the time, I say like, there's a three prong approach. Number one, be kind to yourself. You know, I think that the adage of like, you know, you play for the name on the front, not the name on the back. I, I you do both. Like you, you bet you better be doing both because this guy in the back is your process. These are all the things you can control. It's you showing up being the best human you can possibly be and the best athlete. And the name on the front is about the rest of the team. So be kind to yourself be kind to others. Recognize that that player, that girl, that guy in front of you, they may be coming from a toxic environment at home where what they are being taught is, is impacting who they are as a person. And then lastly, do your best. You know, when I show up, I said this before we were talking about being a, being a parent. It's like, I lead by example. And so if I, if I'm being kind to me, I'm doing all the things I need to do to be my best. I'm being kind. I'm being empathetic. I'm being sympathetic to other people around me, even the people that may not be buying and maybe the people that are like, you know, trying to stomp out the fire that we're trying to build. Um, and then lead by example, let, let those players see what happens when I show up consistently with my drive, with my determination, with my passion, with my success and fail, how I'm ebbing and flowing and I stay focused, maybe that player by my efforts will look at me and say, hey, maybe, maybe there's a reason to look at this differently. And the mistake that we make as players is we have this, this expectation that everybody's got to buy in. Everybody's got to have a pitchfork, you know, doing the work, filling the, filling the, the, the barrel of hay. That's, that's not, that's not the reality. That's not the case. And so be kind to myself, be the best I can be, be kind to others, be the best I can be to, towards and for other people and show up every single day and do the best that I can do. And vast majority of times when we lead players and I work with teams that do this, it starts to change the culture of the toxic people or the people that are on the outside looking in, trying to cast blame as to why something may not be working. Yeah, I, I think that's, I mean, I love that because I think after we listen to your speech it, and, and a couple of, you just need a couple of kids, you need one or two and you got to, and then you got to embrace them. You got to fight with them to say, guys, this is contagious. It's right. not going to happen in a week. It's not going to happen in three, four days, five days, six days. This get, you know, this is, I mean, I, I talk to the kids a lot about, you know, we break up the season. Like, we're, okay, we're in the first quarter. We got a lot of hockey left to play. We got a lot of season left to play. And you're going to forget in January what, how bad October was or, or January right. is going to be terrible if, if, if we can't build on October. So, or, or Mike, or Mike, point. or maybe, maybe they remember, we want them to remember how bad October was, but 
they know why it was and and yeah. we give them the tools so that they can make a different choice look if you want to have october be like october then do this list of right. 10 things one through 10 and i guarantee you're going to have october again all day long if that's what you want then that's right. what you're going to get yes but stay if, up to 11 45 have taco you got bell it. you yeah, got don't, it don't, just, but, just, if, you know, but if you play know, video games all day but if, but yep. if you know that's how you got there well then let's yep. build a different list and we're for sure and this is a tony robbins piece lee we will for sure end somewhere else we, we, it may be worse than october <laughs> yeah, so, november yeah, november may but it doesn't matter you know again tony robbins everything we do we're either growing or we're dying and so as long as we're looking and evolving and changing, we are growing. And so eventually we're going to find the right solution that's going to get us to have a better January or February or whatever. We might, we, it might, we might have to go through seven years. We, finally, we might get to 2028 till we finally figure it out. But this goes back to Christie's point where when the players buy in and they're part of a culture and a community, they're not looking to hop from team to team or players, parents, if you're listening and watching and you are that player or person, stop doing that because you're missing the anecdotes. You're missing the formulas and the solution that could literally be what your son or daughter needs when they are a 21 year old, when they are a freshman, when they are literally have the eyeballs on them. It was learning the lesson they learned as a U10 playing on the worst team in the loop but you stayed and you learned the lesson and that's the lesson that is the formula that now makes your son or daughter the successful athlete that they are. Right. And I don't know how many successful people, like every successful person you've ever heard tells you the story of their great failure from Michael Jordan <laughs> to Elon Musk to all these people tell you that you had to fail a million ways to get to where they're at now. Um, you know, a few points you brought up that there's a great Robin Williams quote. And I think most people have heard it, but they don't, they don't hear it which is uh, everybody you meet is going through something you have no idea about. You know, so be kind. The analogy I always give, Dan, is, you know, and, and, and you, you can be in either way. This At some point in your life, if you were driving, someone cut you off and they went absolutely crazy in their car or you cut them off and they went just crazy. It, it, it has very little to do with you. <laughs> They're probably having a Stop really it. bad day, right? <laughs> or if you were the person that went nuts, it wasn't really the person that cut you off. That was just the straw that broke the camel's back in that moment. You got to learn to be more empathetic. The other thing, Mike, you brought this up, Dan. Again, I appreciate all the time you're giving us today. Um, one of the things that, that I'm finding successful, you know, I'm always complimentary of the coaching staff with my team. It's not just because I'm sucking up to them. I really like our coaching staff. But we do this with all teams I'm part of. You know, we talked about the destination earlier in the episode, right? So you got to know where you're going on any season, Mike, right? You know where you want to be at the end of the season, what we do, I think, incorrectly sometimes as coaches, and, and actually this works in business and everything, is we know where we want to be, and then we wonder why we're not there yet, right? It, it, one of the things I had to learn at 8U, right? I'm used to training players, and two or three times they get it, and they got it, and they got it, and they're good. And the truth is this, at 8U, it might take six weeks for the kids to get what I'm trying to teach them. So I have to be patient. That's not their fault. That's my fault for not being patient. I had to learn to be patient. I even told the kids. I'm not being patient enough with you. I told them that as their coach. I'm going to work. I'm already being vulnerable to eight-year-olds. I don't mind, right? But you set the standard, you set the destination, and then you got to climb that ladder. And you got to know you might go down two prongs before you go up five. That's the journey. That's the, the joy of the whole process. And I think what happens is we create this top goal or this top standard, 
And then we're not realistic of it. Is this a realistic expectation for, for these kids or these adults to be here tomorrow? And what are the steps we need to do? That's coaching, man. That's coaching, right? Patience and understanding. And when a kid does something wrong Absolutely. 10 times, not screaming at him, it's okay. Now you're literally doing the definition of insanity. Let's figure out what we can change or I can help you with to, to help you learn this. We're yeah. so impatient right now, especially after the last two years. By the way, everybody listening, you get a kind of a free pass if you're a little impatient right now. And I get it. I've right? been stuck in our houses. Yeah, I'm, two years. I, I'm, I'm being impatient right now because it's something I want to share go, on, go on do what it. you just said. So do I'm going to jump in. So you, 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 yes. Yeah, so, so you talked about going down on a rung on a ladder. And sometimes, you know, kids, adults, we need, we need a very clear depiction. And I say to players all the time, listen, take a trampoline or a diving board. The, the further you want to go up, the higher you want to go, the further you have to go down first. You have to load yourself in order to get further. And so when you are feeling like you're going backwards, you know, we're on the last place team, we lost, whatever it is, as long as you are, as long as as a coach and as a parent, you're recognizing, you're seeing, you have open dialogue. I love what you said, Lee, about acknowledging that when, when you drop the ball, when you as a coach are, are, you know, need to, to evolve or change, be more patient, whatever it may be. Um, when, when we have that going on in the room, we say to the players, listen, you want to go really high. Sometimes we're going to have to go down really low in order to launch ourselves back up. And the reality is people don't remember about the low you know, the outside world, all they remember is how high you went. People don't, people don't ask about, you know, how high, how low did Michael Jordan have to go to? No, you just saw, you see him soaring. It's turned into this iconic um, image that's now stapled on every Jordan shoe um, and on race cars. And anytime the Jordan name is mentioned, it's what you picture. And so it's really important that we remember um, that our kids need to see the symbolism. And so think about how deep you have to go down on the trampoline in order to launch yourself up. And it's a great reminder that, you know, we're, we're always, we're, we're always evolving. As long as we're going up or down, we're making progress. It's just a matter of, as you said, where do you want to end up and how consistent are you being uh, in the direction of where you want to go? That's and Mike Dan. First off, that's an amazing analogy that I will use all over the place, you know. And, and then, and to Mike's point, you know, we're we're surrounded by mediums now that only show that top point. They only show the highlight. Um, and I don't think we ask enough about the lows, about the load that you had to go through. That that's what we talk about. Curious, not judgmental. I, I'm happy when anybody finds success. I mean that. But I'm actually more interested in what you had to do to get there, and what failure and adversity you had to face, and how you had to overcome it. Those are the stories that will teach and motivate you to go beyond, right? Because I'm going to say this again, Dan, and, 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 and again, appreciate giving so much time. There is not a successful person on this planet, not one, that didn't fail a ton to get there. There's not one. And every single one of them says that, right? So we know that. So it begs the question, you know, parents and coaches, we know that, but we're not applying that. And, I, and I, it, look, we're all parents here. When my kid hurts, I hurt. All right. And, and there's that parental instinct. You don't want them to hurt, but you have to also ask yourself, and I'm not perfect at this either. If I help them here, am I hurting them more? That's right. really, really hard. Right. And, 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 you know, Lee, that, that really comes down to, you know, we have five 
cornerstone belief systems that either live in the storm realm, in the vacuum of storm, like everything's going to go bad, it's dark, it's scary, don't want to go there. Or it, those same five, they live in the opportunity realm. And, and our job as parents and coaches is to show our players, show our kids, male, female, show them the gifts that live in the opportunity side, even when it's the down, even when it's dark, even when it feels like things are not working out, is to show them that. And, and that's, that's our job. Our job is to build confident, resilient kids. And a lot of what we're talking about today, Mike, you said it, Christy, you said it, Lee, you talked about examples of how you do it. And so when I work with a team, work with athletes, and we get into the belief systems, it is incredible. The, the archaic, entrenched beliefs that kids have right. on the storm side, so much so that I did a, we did a, um, a little research over the, over the COVID time, and 80%, 80% of the hockey players that we polled, 80% live in the storm side of the beliefs and it's which which shocked me. I, I knew it would be more weighted there, but it shocked me that that only 20% live looking through the lens of opportunity. And so our job uh, is to show the players, the families, the parents, how can you make that pivot? And it's very simple. How do you make the pivot so that you can reside in the opportunity? And that becomes the up, that becomes the trajectory of the springboard or of the trampoline that gets you to those higher rungs that you aspire to get to. Dan, I think you're right. We could keep you here all day if we wanted to. I'm, I'm looking at the <laughs> yes, time. So I want, I want to wrap this up, but I want to give Christy and Mike, did you, did you both have anything else you want to ask or say? before? I do. No, I don't have anything yeah. more to ask. I just wanted to thank you, Dan. Um, such great i hope parents are taking notes and you know this this is this is a guide for their the kids entire life you know it doesn't it doesn't stop when they're you know graduate from high school but right. these lessons in college are so valuable and now i'm gonna have to go ahead and get that trampoline that the kids want. <laughs> thanks a lot for that <laughs> Yeah, no, I would just say that uh, I think Dan's, uh, you know, the this, this stuff that I've been involved with him and watching him uh, those last couple of months, you know, his his, uh, his next level principles and and a lot of the stuff he teaches for not, you know, individuals and how you can relate it to your team. He's a great asset, I think, to, uh, you know, to get your program a part of and, and get your kids a part of. I know, you know, I really try to leverage the resources he puts out there um, and he's he's great. He's got some great motivational talks on it on his instagram site and everything so it really is uh you know opens up a great resource and, and a real smart person to have your kids be around uh whether you know whether you get him on a regular daily basis or just follow the kind of you know positive energy he's bringing out there i think it's uh i think it's great for all of us as youth hockey parents so thanks dan thanks mike i appreciate it appreciate you know, thanks I'll say this too, before we close it, Dan, that, you know, everybody on this show is very type A extroverted personality, which is fun. We all get along. We talk a lot, but going with what we said earlier, you know, sometimes we can come across really strong on this show. I, I am not judging anyone. I'm curious, uh, you know, Dan, Dan, you said in your, in your Ted talk, how you yearn to help people. And I, I really related to that because I feel that way too, right? It's one of the reasons we're doing this show parents is that we want to provide different, you know, points of view and opinions and uh, ways to do this. The truth is this, we are all in this together. Really, really. I, I know you hear that, but I really mean that. 
And the truth is this too. There's so many of us that the space is so big that you can't get enough help, <laughs> right? So, so when I meet people like Dan and Christy, I'm like, you fall into this too, but that you're in to help, you know, that inspires me. You want to talk about being out of the storm, right? Like the upward trajectory. Hopefully this episode is motivating you and inspiring you because we generally want you to feel that way, right? And, and Dan, you are a champion of that. So before we go, Dan, why don't you just tell the people, because um, there's no way they're going to listen to this far and not want to hear more about you. Where can they find you? Where can they follow you? <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, where, where can they get on the, the Blackburn Express for lack of a better word? Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for all your kind words. And um, yeah, you know, everything I'm, I'm talking about now is, you know, a quarter of a century of, of time of tutelage with hockey players, uh, also with my own experience. And what I've done is because, you know, there's only one of me is we've created this incredible um, platform, this incredible program called Player Development Program. And everything I'm talking about now, the belief systems, the storm, the opportunity, the, the success fail audit, you know, the next level principle that Mike referred to, all of that and so much more is included in the Player Development Program. So if anybody's interested in that, go to ntchockey.com and click on the link there and you can find all about it. You can book a discovery call with me. We can dig in. I'd love to learn more about you and, and see how I can help your son or daughter um, reach their goals and, and reach their dreams. And, and for me, you know, Lee, to your point, I, I'm here to serve. I want to support and help. And so on Instagram, Dan W. Blackburn, on Instagram and TikTok, NTC Hockey. And, you know, I'm consistently pushing content that supports what we're talking about today, but also challenges, you know, to your point, Lee, is, you know, it's, it's, it's no, I've, I've never met a coach or a parent like ever that woke up in the morning and looked at themselves in the mirrors. They grabbed their toothbrush and said, today's the day when I mess up my kids' lives or today's the day when I ruin a whole bunch of kids' lives in that locker room. I've never met that coach and I don't imagine I ever will. And so I believe that every single one of us gets up in the morning, we put our feet on the ground with the intention to show up and do our best. And so we are constantly in this evolution of meeting people, being around our own experiences, our own challenges, our own pieces. And so we're always, we're in wow. this to grow. That and so fantastic. for me, the service that I bring is to continue to support players, families, parents, coaches, organizations, um, through our social media, through my messaging and, and through this program. Um, and I have to say, you know, you talk about success, fail, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this is that, you know, when we entered COVID, there were a lot of players in need, maybe more or less than, than before, but in a different need. And, and so I had talked about doing this online program for years and just caught up with, you know, speaking engagements and running our bricks and mortar facility and training athletes and coaching and all these things. There was just never enough time. Well, you know, I had nothing but time. And so me and our team, we made an about face and we finally put legs and, and, and breathe life into this program. And I have to say, you know, the player development program. Now we are serving kids around the globe, Sweden and Belgium and across Canada and across the U S and Latvia. I mean, some days I'm blown away when I see the amount of athletes that are engaged and involved and we have an incredible virtual locker room. I talk about engagement and talking. We have a virtual locker room on WhatsApp where these kids, I mean, I'm in there communicating, coaching, teaching, leading, 
but watching these players, you know, a kid from Latvia talk to a kid from, you know, rural Ontario about their respective concussion symptoms. And all of a sudden they don't feel like they're, they're, you know, on the outside looking in and that their hockey career is slipping through their fingers. They're literally talking about, oh my God, you're going through that too. And there's this symbiotic connection and, and reality of like, oh my God, we're all going through this. I mean, that's what yeah. we created because I want to serve and I want to support. And so if there's a player or a parent or a team out there that, you know, wants support, is looking for some leadership, um, yeah, head over to ntchockey.com, go to the player development program, um, and all the info there, you can register. Like I said, you can reach out to me. But really, it's about, you know, like we talked about here today, it's really about redefining what hockey players are and, and how they're going to get to where they're going to get to and, and supporting them along the path so that at the end of the day, uh, it's a wholesome, fun, enjoyable, and successful journey. It's phenomenal, Dan. I mean, that, so giving you listeners several destinations now. It was ntchockey.com. <laughs> you can jump on that train. You can go over to YouTube, check out his TEDx talk. But a lot of Dan Blackburn out there, a lot of great messages and a lot of great lessons. And Dan, again, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for all the work that you're doing. Uh, this has been a great episode, man. So that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. You can hear this episode and all of them at OurKidsPlayHockey.com. Uh, and, and as we always say, we're wherever podcasts can be heard. You know where we are. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.